Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 129, Letting Love In. It's July 13th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, podcaster, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. Letting love in. This is a very important topic, a very significant topic, and one that we're not talking about very much. I'm committed that you have some type of insight, gain some value, hopefully even maybe a breakthrough. Let's dive right in to letting love in. If you happen to be new to my content, I hope you will visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway. Here's my disclaimer. I am not a medical health professional. I am not a therapist and nothing in my content, this podcast, any podcast, or any of my other content, content in any form is designed to be medical or therapy advice. If you are listening to this podcast and you feel suicidal or you feel that life is simply too hard for you and you cannot continue, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. There is help available for you. It's actually not that unusual that people feel that life is too hard or they feel hopeless or they feel suicidal. So take some action. People will help you, I promise you. Get the help that's available. My next item is for the deaf and hard of hearing community. I have transcripts for all of my podcasts on my hosting platform, rss.com. And once a new podcast is uploaded and live, a new transcript, corresponding transcript will be generated within a few hours. I'm working on eventually having the transcripts on my website as well. I hope I beg your forgiveness and compassion. I am working on improving my speaking. So let's dive in. Letting love in. Well, this is really in a very, very, very significant topic and one that we pretty much are not talking about. So the definition of let is to not prevent or forbid or to allow. So when I'm talking about letting love in, I'm saying allowing love in, uh, not preventing love, not forbidding love, to allow it to come into your, to your being. This podcast applies to both platonic friendships or platonic relationships as well as romantic relationships because both of them involve love or can involve love and this 
topic, not, not letting love in or not allowing love, is one obstacle to having love and affection in your life. And quite frankly, the issue of not letting love in or not allowing love often is stealth. It's below the surface. It's, it's can be very hidden and, and it's a, and it's a problem. Now, what I will say is all of us, almost all of us, almost every single person on the planet has wounds or deep hurt or traumas at the hands of someone who we loved and we trusted or who was supposed to love us but really didn't and some of those wounds and traumas are from childhood and some of them are from adulthood from adult life this idea this topic letting love in is different from running away from love i do have a podcast on running away from love this deals with the heart being closed off to allowing love or letting love in, which, by the way, can be the precursor to running away from love. Like it can be the precursor that precipitates you running away from love. Now, I will say in full disclosure that seven years ago, I made a very conscious decision. I was very conscious about this, that I was not, not ever going to do romantic love again. Like I was very firm, very committed. It was after a huge betrayal, huge, horrific, horrific situation. And it was a firm decision and I was okay with that decision. And, um, it was a reasonable and rational decision. And I am not the only one, by the way, who after a horrible marriage or relationship or horrible abuse or betrayal, whether that's platonic or, or romantic, has, has made the decision, yeah, I'm not going to do that again. That, that actually happens quite a bit, and it does happen with platonic friendships and relationships, not just intimate or romantic relationships, and it's fair. It's a fair and it's reasonable. At the same time, is it really what you want? So there are people who are married or in a committed significant other relationship that will not allow either their spouses or their partners love in that exists that happens we even have families where love is just not present and the people in the family really don't have the capacity for letting love in because that's not the family dynamic then there are small percentage small percentage of people who have a mental health problem, a mental health diagnosis that renders them incapable of love. Those would be primarily narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, some of the antisocial personality disorders or severe psychopathy. There's a group of people with those mental health conditions that are simply incapable of love and very capable of harm and abuse. That doesn't apply to most of us. Most of us are just regular people who happen to get hurt or had, or we had love and affection withheld, like, or, you know, something happened and you can have a change of heart. Now I've, I've had a change of heart, but it was, it was not a purposeful change of heart. It was basically God or the universe sending the right people, the right situations, the right conversations, the right, all kinds of things 
that basically took me from kicking and screaming, saying, no, I'm never going to do romantic love again, to, hmm, yeah, that, that really has some potential. I really, I really like that idea. But at any case, wherever you are, where's a good place to start is where are you about letting love in? I don't know where you are about it. Now, I will admit, um, way back in the day, I had one or more instances where I was not capable, given who I was at the time, of allowing love in or letting love in, and then I ran away from love. So it's not, I don't want you to make yourself bad or wrong if you have any issues or any obstacles to letting love in. That would be reasonable and natural. But the place to begin for you listening to this podcast is where do you stand with respect to letting love in. I'm talking about romantic love and I'm talking about platonic love, friendship love, or other relationship love. So let's talk about the common, the most common obstacles to letting love in or the most common sources as to why it becomes a problem. So we have childhood trauma and adverse childhood experiences, which we know from the ACE, the Adverse Childhood Experiences Testing, is very common. Abuse and maltreatment in adulthood, relationship breakups or divorces, infidelity of any kind, death of a loved one, child, close friend, family member, or spouse can also result in closing your heart off to love because it's so painful and it's such a loss. Not feeling good enough about yourself or feeling that you are unworthy, undeserving, or not lovable. Fears, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of being successful, all kinds of fears and concerns. Betrayals of many kinds, never having had love or feeling well-loved, domestic abuse or domestic violence, hardships in life can cause the heart to close off, irrational thinking, certain mental health disorders, as I already mentioned, disempowering attitudes and beliefs, having trust issues, negative thinking, brooding, ruminating, catastrophizing, or overthinking, being closed-minded, feeling like it is too uncomfortable because it is unfamiliar. Uh, your trauma response is could be that you are independent and guarded. Avoiding love can be a part of being independent and guarded. Your experience with love has been very negative, causing deep wounds. You were abandoned at some point in your childhood or adult life, or you are unconsciously self-sabotaging your own life when love is present or available. That is a good list of reasons why it can be very difficult to let love in. They're reasonable. These are reasonable sources as to why it's hard for people, myself included, to let love in. I mean, it's just the most reasonable thing in the world. So I'm asking you to bring a huge dose of compassion to yourself if this is one of your areas that you could improve on or work on. 
So I want to move into the emotional aspects of letting love in because this is this is the crux of the issue is it's an emotional um, stalemate or it's an emotional block. So when it comes to letting love in, um, first of all, my request is you be compassionate with yourself. Now, if you're dealing with someone else in your life who won't let love in, like if you're married or you're in a relationship or you have a friendship or you have whatever, it would be helpful for you to be compassionate for the other person not letting love in. Now, if they're a psychopath, narcissist, antisocial personality disorder, or any of the like-minded mental health issues, I'm not saying not to be compassionate, but you've got bigger problems. You've got very big problems if you've got somebody in your life about that. And I do have many podcasts that give you clues to that. So when it comes to the emotional pieces or aspects to letting love in, we have a lot of the difficult emotions. So fear, fear of rejection, having had a lack of love and affection, either in childhood or in adulthood or both, complications from infidelity, betrayal, breakups, divorces, all of these painful things that can leave gaping wounds, traumas, deep traumas, and pain that have not been fully worked through. When you work through your trauma or your pain or infidelity or someone stealing all your money or whatever, uh, you can come out on the other side and be empowered and not be disempowered. But this is not something we in society are very skilled at. And love, whether it's a friendship, platonic love, or it's... um, not romantic, but family love or love of your children or, or, or if it's romantic love, any type of love involves some risk. Love is not risk free. So even good love has, even though it's amazing and wonderful and beautiful and powerful and feels fantastic, it carries some level of risk. So to help you sort this out, I have on my website, right below the Newsweek logo, a free downloadable workbook. Now, we're changing the link. We're changing the the name of the icon, but it will be the icon or the button right below the Newsweek logo. And And it's a free, totally free, downloadable PDF that helps you learn the skills to manage and process your emotions. So if you're a person who's run away from love, or you are a person who is not letting love in, or you're having pain in your life, difficulties, any any type of emotional situation that's difficult, the workbook will walk you through. First of all, I do have a diagram. I have a lot of information. It's expanding. We are now on, I'm on version 4.0 with version 5.0 probably coming next week with some very significant new information. This is a a workbook where I am deconstructing and, and dismantling how I manage and process my emotions, which I'm unconscious to, which is, which is why we're on version 4.0 with version 5.0 coming. 
But this, if you keep, if you download and print the workbook and you go through the questions and you keep repeating the process with the workbook, what will happen over time is your brain will learn the process because your brain, oh, it's, the brain is amazing. The brain science I've read is unbelievable. Your brain uses the most energy of any other system in your body because your brain never shuts off. And doing real thinking, doing something new requires more energy of your brain. It's more taxing on your brain. And therefore, your brain is always looking to pick up shortcuts and develop, you know, shorter pathways and learn things so it doesn't have to keep, re, you know, relearning. So it's brain, your brain will pick this up over time. And what I'm recommending is you get on the journey, get on the road to learning how to manage and process your emotions through the workbook I'm providing. If there was anything else like it on the web, well, I could send you somewhere else. I'm creating this and, and working on this because we can't find anything else remotely close to this. This is a big missing for people. And it's not just about love. This podcast is about letting love in, but the emotional processing free workbook will help you if you're sad or you're grieving a loss or, you know, any, any type of emotional situation. So for letting love in, there's probably wounds, there's probably trauma, maybe betrayal, all kinds of things that need to be worked through. Because what we do know from the research is the emotions, whether it's painful or a betrayal or whatever, that you don't manage and process, they do not float away. Your subconscious is going to hold on to them until you deal with them. And sometimes, according to the research, they will explode. So this is a great time to begin skill building because this really is skill building. So one thing that might be helpful to you. Now, I, I um, as you probably know, I love research, but only research that's really, that's really helpful to me in having a good life. But so one of the things that is a big showstopper for letting love in or allowing love is our deep wounds and traumas. Now there is a branch of psychology that's called internal family systems. So internal family systems or IFS is a particular model of psychotherapy, which has been called evidence-based psychotherapy or an integrative model. I am not endorsing uh, internal family systems as a psychotherapy model. I'm not, not endorsing it either. I'm neutral about that. But the reason I bring up the internal family systems model is because they have uh, some descriptors of how the brain manages pain in terms of having manager parts or firefighters or exile parts to manage very painful, deep wounds, pain, shame, trauma, and put out fires and keep us from repeating that. So I'm sharing this because I want you to begin to understand whether or not you, you endorse that model or whether or not that's helpful. I think it's helpful because part of what we do in life is happening below our consciousness. It's happening at the subconscious and unconscious level 
which we typically do not have access to. Now there are ways to access what's going on in your subconscious and unconscious mind, but they're pretty involved. I mean, I've done, I've done one or more of them and they take time and it's just not the easiest thing in the world. But I would hope that if you have been running away from love, denying love, not letting love in, not, not allowing love, whatever, that you might have a little sense of peace to know, ah, part of my brain is protecting me. Now, that doesn't mean you want to continue down that path, but it, it's just a point of view that this internal family systems model has that we have exiles and man firefighters that kind of keep those keep us from opening those wounds or getting into the situations that the wounds will be repeated. So I think that's helpful. Maybe it won't be helpful to you. So another area that is problematic that keeps people from letting love in is trauma bonding. We generally are not talking widely, commonly about trauma bonding, but trauma bonding is where the person who's been abused is bonded with their abuser. And frequently we see that in families with either parents and children or siblings and other siblings. And it can happen in marriages where there's domestic abuse. It's actually very common, but this keeps cycles and patterns in place that are not helpful and not healthy and can create what I call like a swirling vortex to keep you from letting love in if it's available. So generational trauma we know exists and we are not exactly sure how the generational trauma is transmitted from generation to generation, but many people are blind to the trauma that's going on in their life because we're not widely talking about what is trauma. And this is another area that keeps people from letting love in. So to let love in, one thing that's helpful is, I mean, it's very helpful if you can recognize your traumas, begin to heal from them or recognize, oh, I've got some trauma bonding going on with this person or that person or this relationship because you can you can make a difference once you when it's once it's not in your blind spot. These are people's blind spots. So when you make a commitment or you decide, you know what, I think I really would like to have love in my life, whether that's platonic or romantic, it's very helpful to have safe people. And certainly, if you're going to have a relationship, romantic or platonic, hopefully, ideally, you would want that to be with a safe person. You certainly do not want, you certainly do not want to have a relationship, platonic or romantic, with a narcissist, psychopath, sociopath, anti-personality, anti-social personality disorder, or or severe psychopathy. No, no, no. Those people are going to like massacre you or at least attempt to. But you can find safe people for friendships or romantic relationships. But how do you do that? Because sometimes it's very difficult. I will say I was friends, friends, so platonic friends with someone for close to 20 years before I realized they were actually drilling holes in my boat behind my back. People who do that stuff 
can be very sneaky, very stealth. They wear masks. I'm not saying they were a psychopath. They might have been a narcissist, but I don't know. Uh, but people will do that. So sometimes it's hard to know. So to help you, one thing people do, and people do this unconsciously or subconsciously in the dating arena, and even when they're making friends with people, platonic friends, which is to kind of subtly or gently, unknowingly or knowingly kind of test them, like test the water a little bit. And that's certainly fine. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's more helpful if you know that you're doing that. And, and sometimes those tests backfire because people don't think the way you think. They don't respond the way you would expect them to respond because they're not you. So one way to kind of gauge someone's safety is looking at their goodness. Look at them as an individual in terms of their character and their integrity. Because the people who have goodness, really good people, they're not the people who go off and be vindictive or mean or cruel or nasty or revengeful. Good people just are not wired to do that. They are not. So looking at someone's goodness can be a little bit of a tell as to whether they're safe or not. And some people are just not safe, like, like some of the people I mentioned. But it's helpful if you're going to expand your life in the area of letting love in to make sure you have safe people. And that's just not the easiest thing in the world. So in this area of letting love in, one thing that I want to mention is what I call retreating, withdrawing, or cocooning. Because there will be times in your life or in the life of someone you love, if, if this hasn't happened for you, where you really need to take a step back, retreat, withdraw, cocoon, kind of do your self-care and deal with yourself, your life. It could be because you're healing. It could be because you're up against some major life challenges or trauma or a difficult situation. And it might have nothing to do with the other people in your life. When people are in the process of creating a platonic friendship or a romantic relationship, it goes either way, if the other person retreats or withdraws or cocoons, people will often make that action about them. And I'm just suggesting firmly that you have compassion that sometimes people will withdraw from you or retrieve from you and it has nothing to do with you. But you can check in with them. If it's somebody you already have a relationship with or you are friends with or you have a relationship with, you would want to check in with them. You would want to check in with them and say, hey, look, I'm here you know, just, just letting you know, I'm just checking on you, but don't, don't write someone off because they withdrew, withdrew, retreated, or cocooned. It may have nothing to do with you. Now, the one area that people get into trouble with, and this is not, this is another area we're not generally talking about, that will interfere with letting love in is self-sabotage, ego, pride, fear, shame. 
So it's not unreasonable that someone would self-sabotage when it comes to letting love in. If they've had negative situations involving platonic or romantic love. Like there are people who decided at a young age or middle age or whenever, they're not going to have friends anymore. They were too hurt by a platonic friendship to allow themselves to have friends anymore. I mean, that does happen, sadly. But in the area of letting love in, self-sabotage is a be, is sometimes a defense mechanism. Like the fears come up and subconsciously, this is not usually a conscious decision. Oh, I'm going to go ruin that relationship. That's not usually how it goes. But self-sabotage is a destructive behavior aimed at yourself. It's also sometimes called self-defeating behaviors or actions. And this can be a problem in letting in love. Now, um, sometimes it happens because people simply don't feel as though they deserve love. They don't feel they're lovable. They don't feel deserving. They don't feel like they're good enough. And that can be kind of the source of self-sabotaging. They're pushing people away. Ego by comparison, is usually rooted in fear and fear of losing power, fear of, of making a mistake, fear of looking foolish or getting hurt. And, and ego is a way to, is a self-protective thing that goes along with self-concept. It's not, not the best thing, but it is it's part of life. Like it's part of life. Pride, usually also sourced by fear or insecurity, feeling unworthy, being vulnerable or intimate, and pride reduces self-awareness. So fear, pride, ego can render you incapacitated in the area of letting love in and in the area of life. So what is helpful is to grow your self-awareness and become aware of these traps. They're little kind of traps. And and I don't want you to make yourself bad or wrong if you self-sabotage or your ego or pride or fear gets in the way. We all have fears. We all occasionally self-sabotage, I, I think. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd have to really do a very deep dive, but I don't think that's one of the things that we would get good numbers on because people aren't going to, most people aren't going to admit that. So these are traps that can leave you incapacitated for letting love in or allowing love, which is why I'm mentioning them. Now, the next piece I have is really the examination of your life. All of my podcasts are about what kind of life do you want? How do you want your life to go? And what will it take to get there? So in looking at the subject, letting love in, well, where are you about that? I mean, I've already admitted that I have not let love in in the past. This is not something I'm proud of. It's not like I'm proud I ran away from love or proud that I got really scared and couldn't let love in and then I then I bolted. I'm not proud about that. I'm simply compassionate with myself because where I was, who I was at the time, that's the best I could do. So why would I beat myself up for doing the best I could do at that time, given who I was? So for you, it's helpful 
to examine your life and see where you are on this front. Like, where is love in your life? Where is love and affection in your life? Where has it been? Where has it been over your life? This can lead you to areas to grow and develop, areas to heal, and it can give you avenues for action to move your life forward. So, speaking of moving your life forward, one panacea, yeah, the best panacea actually for letting love in is falling madly crazy in love with a very safe person who gets you, who appreciates you, who appreciates you the way you are and the way you're not. And, and believe it or not, this is how it goes for some people. There are some people, whether it happens in high school or after high school or when they're 30 or when they're 50 or when they're 70, where they just meet like the right person, fall madly in love, and everything gets handled. Like it does go that way. Now, I'm not saying it goes that way as often as we would like, and it certainly doesn't go that way for everybody, but it is one way. It's like, it, I know people that that has happened for, and it's amazing. So that's one option. You know, if, you, if that can happen for you, go for it. That doesn't mean you won't have fears come up. It won't mean that you don't have any anxiety or doubt. Like those things are a natural part of love, whether it's romantic or platonic. Like that's part of like being human. So the next avenue, if you can't just like happen to wake up one day and meet your soulmate, is personal growth and development and healing. And of course, if you're if you find the right person and fall madly in love, well, there will be healing most likely. That's typically how it goes. But you can put yourself on the trajectory or the journey, or the path, or the quest, or the odyssey to grow and develop so that you can let love in and you can allow love. It's the one thing that's very valuable. Now, I will say that for some people, I don't know how many, but I suspect it's probably higher than I would like to admit, but for some people, letting love in is the hardest thing they'll ever do. And some people, regular people, I'm not talking people about the people who have mental health issues, but some regular people, it's too hard for them. And that's a choice because when you have a commitment, whatever it is, if you bring that, I'm all in, I'm going to do whatever it takes, trust me, there, when there is a will, there is a way. And there are stories throughout all of humanity where people have gone through the eye of the needle, been the kind of brought the attitude, I'm going to make this happen no matter what it takes. And they have been successful. But I want you to have compassion because it is a very difficult thing for some people. And if they've had a painful life, childhood, adulthood, both, they might just not be willing. But I want to acknowledge that for whatever percentage of people, it's a very, very difficult and hard thing. Don't beat yourself up. I mean, I'm not a fan of beating yourself up. You can beat yourself up, but it's not helpful. But recognize 
the humanity that it's reasonable if it's the hardest thing you've ever done. And for some people, they will never do it. And that's okay. Like, however you are, have it be okay. Or say, hmm, I think I'd like to grow. I think I'd like to work on myself. So the next piece I want to mention is, well, what if it doesn't go well? Well, sometimes, sometimes they don't go well. Sometimes when you find out that friend has been drilling a hole, a hole holes in your boat forever, that doesn't go well. Yeah. Um, so I have some little pieces to suggest if it's platonic or if it's romantic. So first of all, you will have to deal with your emotions. Go back to what I said, download the workbook, get to work on building skills. This is going to help you in every area of your life. The next recommendation, if it doesn't go well, is learn from it. Like, you can use post-traumatic growth to learn and grow from any trauma, any hardship, any loss. You can. It's a choice. And then have your life be richer and more rewarding as a result. Do not take it personally. It's usually not personal, but people take it personally. And quite frankly, you know, even if it's personal, I don't take it personally. So how you would know if it's personal would be if we substitute someone else in the situation or in the relationship with the same thing happen. Well, almost always, yes. Someone who's a cheater is going to cheat regardless of who they're with. It's not you. So don't take it personally. I also recommend you grow your heart like the Grinch because these things, when you, when you, whether it's a friendship of 10 years, 20 years, 5 years, 3 years, or a romantic relationship or a divorce or what have you, these have, are the things that have a tendency to close our heart and shrink our heart. So I do have a podcast titled Grow Your Heart Like the Grinch because you, your heart actually is malleable. You can grow it, and things, they will hurt your heart, but it doesn't have to cause your heart to disintegrate or get all bound up like the Grinch before his heart grows. And if it doesn't go well, one of my best recommendations is that you, first of all, you are going to deal with your emotions because you don't want to drag those painful emotions around with you into your next friendship, or romantic relationship. No, you don't want to do that. But to live your best life, it's amazing. And it will take your mind off of what didn't go well and help you create. So take time if it didn't go well, whether it was a friendship or a romantic relationship, take time to heal and grow. Get very clear about what kind of life you want and then go for it so the question about letting love in is is it worth it well guess what that's a personal decision for you if you're thinking love is not worth it I would request that you circle back and listen to my podcast on neuroplasticity and psychoneuroimmunology before you make that decision listen to a little bit of the science in neuroplasticity and psychoneuroimmunology before you make that decision. And quite frankly, it's your decision. It's your life. I have no skin in the game about how you do your life. That's your life. I simply 
want you to be well-loved. I want you to be happy. I want you to be healthy. And of course, I would love it if you had plenty of love and affection in your life because I know about neuroplasticity and psychoneuroimmunology. So let me give you some final suggestions for letting love in. Hopefully you're getting the idea that this is, is, is a sticky wicket, that this is not just oh, make a decision, that, that you might have things in your subconscious, unconscious mind, whether you uh, support or buy into the internal family systems model with firefighters and exiles of the manager parts, or however you view it, it's just not the easiest thing in the world. So bring some compassion. So here's my final suggestions. Number one, decide what you want in life. It is extremely powerful when you make a decision about your life and how your life is going to go. Be committed and be all in. I don't know if you want love. I don't know if you want to let love in. I don't know if you want to have more friends. I, do, I have no idea. But for you, make a decision. What do you want for your life? Number two, regardless of what you decide, be kind to yourself. Be compassionate to yourselves. I think the number one thing that most people do is they just literally beat themselves to a bloody pulp. They are not kind to themselves. They are not compassionate to themselves, and it's not helpful. I do have a podcast about being hard on yourself or beating yourself up, which might help you. My next suggestion is for you to understand everyone else has wounds and trauma too. I really would be stunned, speechless, if we could find one or more people who haven't had wounds or traumas or bad treatment. I just, I don't know that that's possible. When you can have the understanding or the wisdom that other people also have wounds and traumas, Hopefully that will create a little freedom for you that you understand we're kind of all in the same boat. We just handle things differently. My next suggestion, regardless of whether you're interested in letting love in or not, is for you to build your emotional skills. This is by far one of the biggest gifts that you could ever give yourself in life. It is a game changer. It is life altering. I promise you. And my workbook is free. Version 4.0 is up. We are establishing, maybe not by tomorrow, but by hopefully by next week, we'll be establishing the link. So um, when new updates are available, the link is not broken. And I do have permissions and legal notices in version 4.0, which I expect people to adhere to, because this is free from the universe, and it needs to be available to people and in the current version. So build your emotional skills. I promise, 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 promise you, you will not regret that. My next suggestion is that you understand that love is a sign of strength. Letting love in is not a weakness. Sometimes people confuse allowing love or letting love in as a sign of weakness. 
Love requires bravery and courage, whether it's romantic or platonic. So love and letting love in is always a sign of strength. It is not a weakness. My next suggestion is that you might have to embrace your fears, worries, and concerns. And you can do that with intentional actions, particularly managing and processing your fears, your worries, and your concerns so that you can move forward in the face of your fears. My next suggestion has to do with trust. Sometimes life boils down to trust. It's either you trust yourself or you might have to trust someone else or you might have to trust God. You might have to trust the universe. You might have to trust something. I don't know. But trust is important and that can be a showstopper. If you're unwilling to trust anything, that really is the equivalent of giving up. And sometimes it's a matter of trusting the other person or trusting yourself. So trust. My next suggestion is whatever it is, romantic or platonic, give it your best shot. Give it your best shot because then you will not have regrets. Regrets are painful and from what I understand they last a lifetime. I'm not a fan of regrets. But give it your best shot because then if it if worst case is it doesn't go well. Well I can tell you of the friends that I discovered were drilling holes in my boats unbeknownst to me. One 10 year friendship, one 20 year friendship, one whatever. I was the best per version of myself and was the best to them that I could have been, so I don't have any regrets. And no, I don't allow people in my life who are going to drill holes in my boat. No. And I'm getting better, much better, at figuring out which of those people are doing that. Like, yeah, I know. Um, so give it your best shot. Now, my next piece is that it actually doesn't have to be hard. I think oftentimes... We think that making a new friend or getting into a romantic relationship has to be hard. I'm just telling you, it doesn't always have to be hard. And sometimes it's like the easiest thing you've ever done. I mean, I can, I can say that without question. My next point is when, for the few occasions where it feels too good to be true. Sometimes you meet a potential friend, you click, you hit it off, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like the best person in the world to be friends with. And that is how it goes sometimes. I have had that happen on more than one occasion. Hold on. So as long as you're not being loved bombed by a narcissist, a psychopath, a sociopath, or someone else who has a mental health issue, sometimes you meet people and you just click. They're like your people. And then it might feel like it's too good to be true. And sometimes it's just that way. It was meant to be that good. So sometimes it's just life offers you up the perfect best friend or the perfect lifelong friend or the perfect romantic relationship. I mean, sometimes it goes that way. It doesn't mean it's not that good and it doesn't mean it's not true. Next, don't be afraid to request coaching or support. 
I have had many opportunities in life where I had to get coaching on a variety of subjects. There is absolutely nothing wrong with asking for help, getting coaching, to sort yourself out on any subject, on any topic. So if you need coaching or support, go get it. And don't have it be bad or wrong. My last suggestion is that you bring anticipation and visualization to the table because it can be very, very, very helpful in preparing you for creating a friendship or a romantic relationship. I have a podcast on anticipation and visualization. And yes, we know that from the research that that has value and it has merit. And quite frankly, it can be very fun. And that might help you create a breakthrough in allowing or letting love in. So there you have it. I hope you're going to consider letting love in or at least be conscious that you're deciding, no, you're not interested. Please share this podcast on social media. That's it for now. Love you. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 129, Letting Love In. I hope you found some new thoughts and ideas and insights so that you can have a breakthrough and let love in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. Please share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family so that they can begin to let love in as well. Hang in there for now. I love you. I appreciate you. That's all.